world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land I couldn't forget, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So, do we have election results? Yes, we do. Uh, you can now call me 76. 76. For the next, for the next 12 <laughs> months and one day. Uh, congratulations. Well deserved. Thank you. I was elected to the NRA Board of Directors for a one-year term uh, at the members' annual meeting in Indianapolis, Indiana. I spent uh, six hours on Thursday. 10 hours on Friday and 8 hours on Saturday, kissing babies and shaking hands. I have the pictures to prove it. Nice. A ton of supporters came out for me. Great. A bunch of my friends came out and volunteered. Uh, my team at Gun for Hire printed up uh, banners and stickers and postcards and everything else. And I went on a social media rampage and uh, I stood out there. And I spoke with everybody and addressed everybody's concerns. I got a million questions about all the turmoil that's going on at the NRA, which there's a lot. And uh, tomorrow I will be sworn in as the 76th director for a one-year term, something I've been trying to do off and on for six years. But I want a minute uh, of seriousness and thank everybody who voted for me in the three-year term election that I lost. I received roughly 61,000 votes. Wow. Uh, Oliver North and like Ted Nugent received 120,000 votes because it's the hardest year to get elected because people vote for the famous people, the name, name recognition. So what had happened is uh, some of the NRA board members asked me if I would run for the uh, 76th position, and I said I would. My feet are killing me. Yeah, my can, back hurts. I can imagine. Politicking is not for me, and uh, I, I, I couldn't do it. Listen, Sean Fisher from Black Bag Resources yeah. and Angelo, they drove 800 miles, Oh my goodness. voted for me, and drove back home 800 miles. Are you serious? I'm serious. Just to just the, go out and vote? And the, just to vote for me. You had to uh, be present, and you had to be a member from March 8, 2019, back at any level. Wow. It's in the bylaws for 76th director. These guys voted for me, turned right around, and went back home. They didn't sleep or anything. Oh, my uh, God. I, I, I can't even tell you how humbled I am. My God. That's great. Uh, yeah. By the third day, with four hours left to vote, I realized I hadn't voted. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and And... And the first thing I'm thinking is, what if I lose, lose my, my one, one vote? vote. <laughs> That's so, so, so Jimmy, Jimmy Gramenos, who works for me, who I must say broke his hump for three days, lugging stuff around. Every time I needed a pee break or a cigar break or something to eat, he covered. He stood, he stood in my spot. Wow. What a trooper. You know, we were out late every night and getting up six o'clock in the morning 
and setting up for 7.30 in the morning for 10-hour days. And uh, I got to meet so many people that follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you know, uh, and Gun For Hire Radio. Sandy, Oscar from California came up and said, tell Sandy I said hello. Uh, about 25 people came to me and offered condolences for Winston passing three three months ago. Wow. I mean, it, it was quite humbling, and uh, Tactissi came out. She was at the show uh, all week, hanging out at the Benelli booth a lot. She shot videos all three days with me. She hung out in the booth where tons of her fans and followers, family members and everything, stopped by to see her, and she encouraged them to vote for me, and they came over and asked me questions and what my positions were on certain things. And uh, it was it was really, really, really humbling and, and phenomenal, you know. I do a lot for the Second Amendment community, and I don't ask for much in return. And when I spend three solid days, uh, you know, having people come up to me like that and telling me they drove from Illinois and they drove up from Kentucky and they're here for the week and they had to make sure they wanted to get a picture with me and shake my hand and vote for me. There was when people were coming up that didn't know me were asking questions. I constantly had an entourage, a rotating entourage of people who just sold me for me. That's great. You know, yeah, I didn't have to say anything. It kind of makes Go all ahead. the hard work, um, you know, worthwhile sometimes. But, you, you know, it's it's nice to see. Yes. Yes. You know, gun people are the best people. Yeah. Uh, Tony Simon drove 800 miles. He's there the whole week uh, promoting the second is for everyone. He goes booth to booth. He tells everybody what he's doing. He shows them pictures. He asked them for donations, okay? He asked them for knives, uh, guns, ammunition, targets, uh, any other swag that he could raffle off for the 2A4E. And you know how much his salary is, right? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. He came to my booth. He shot videos. He promoted my election every day. He walked people off of the show floor <laughs> to, to to where I was politicking. That's Tony. This is the guy you have to vote for. Yeah, he's, he's, that's him. All right, I had Jimmy. I had Tactissi, I had Tony Simon, I had Sean, I had Angelo. These people were nonstop working for me and with me for three days. I am telling you right now, I am humbled. I'm always one to volunteer and help people out for their cause. Uh, they knew I wanted this uh, because I think I can make some changes. And I will tell you something. Um, I'm really I'm blown away. I'm I'm just humbled uh, that that it happened. You know, uh, there's a lot of dissension among the ranks, uh, amongst the ranks, and there's people outsiders. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, right before the election, letters were published. The Wall Street Journal went went viral with it and everything. There was an internal power struggle with Colonel Oliver North and Wayne Lapierre. And everybody was asking me if I was at the members meeting and if I saw what went on because a lot of members demanded more transparency and clarity. Well, I was not there for any of it. I'm hoping to catch up on it. I was on the floor uh, down the bottom escalator of the, the polling stations where you could vote, you know, and there's electioneering rules. I couldn't step out of that area. But I was posting every morning that I would be there from 8 to 6, 8 to 4, 10 to 4, whatever it was, all three days. 10 to 6 I was there you know and what I would do is I would text Jimmy Jimmy oh Carl Palladino by the way from New Jersey Sussex County yeah he came down for the show he was another one of my wingmen Carl I have to go pee 
can you please stand here for me? Because other volunteers were, were telling people to go talk to me, and I wanted them to, you know. So Carl would say he went to the restroom. He'll be right back, you know? Yeah. So, again, this this – just just the way gun people are. I, I also had a surprise. Oh, Rocco. LaRocco came from Union Hill. Oh, Gun my Club. goodness. He was well. there, New Jersey. You, you know Rocco from way back. Yeah. Rocco came over. He voted for me. He wore a sticker. He promoted me. And then all of a sudden, I had a surprise guest come up to me uh, and asked me for a Colangelo for NRA sticker and went and voted uh, with me and then took a picture with me and then subsequently an hour later I was teaching at NRA clubs and association and he was one of the attendees in there and that was Alexander Rubian from NJ2AS wow he came over he wanted to bury the hatchet and have some unity and he wanted to support me uh, in my uh, election and I accepted it because you know the the sum of everything is bigger than any small skirmishes oh, of course and hopefully we can t continue to play nice and work together in the future. That's what I hope for. He stopped by every day, see how I was doing, checked things out, gave his support, was wearing a Colangelo for NRA all three days, walking the show floor. So, again, um, I think overall it was quite effective. Uh, Scott Bach I saw one time. Him and um, Sue came down, and his friend Sue, and they came down and they covered for me for a little bit. And it was good because people had a lot of questions for me for what was going on, and I was pretty much telling people I'm not on the board, so I really don't know what's going on other than what I read on like Bloomberg News. Yeah, which I only believe thirty to fifty percent of that. Yeah, of course it's Bloomberg. Yeah. Correct. So uh, subsequently, uh, Colonel North stepped down as president of the NRA. A rumor had it he stepped down right after you were elected. Is it? Is there any truth to that? Or <laughs> why wow, you scared me? <laughs> uh, yeah, he stepped down. He stepped down actually about three hours before the final election tally came out. There seems to be some conflict with uh, the NRA's uh, outside media firm, Ackerman McQueen, and some side deals with Colonel Oliver North. What this will end up doing now is because there's so much dissension amongst the members from what i heard at the members meeting this is good because it'll lend some daylight every once in a while you need to be shooken up a little bit right yeah right exactly so it'll it'll lend some daylight and maybe it'll take it back to a self-correcting path i hope because a lot of people were coming up to me saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? 90% of the people that approached me when i told them i was from new jersey they said i'm sorry <laughs> Oh, that's so that's so sad. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> but we do get we get it we get it at the at the Blade Show too. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Five percent <laughs> used to live in New Jersey. Right, exactly. Okay. And then the other five percent were from New Jersey. Right. And they were telling me what their exit strategy was. So there really was no effing escape. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no effing escape. That's a uh, everybody's like, what are you doing living there? People are coming up to me. I live in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I have a 3,500-square-foot house on two and a half acres. I shoot in my yard. My taxes are $600 a year. I'm like, if I jump <laughs> off this balcony, will I die or just be paralyzed? It's amazing. So what kind of questions were you getting from people? Well, people were asking me what my stance was on red flag laws. Okay. People were asking what we want to stance were on national reciprocity. Right. 
Uh, red flag laws. We have one in New Jersey for all of our listeners. It takes effect September 1st. You have no due process. Yeah. If you go to the dentist and go, damn, every time I go to the dentist, I feel like I want to kill myself. <laughs> the hygienist <laughs> assistant assistant, <laughs> who was also the part-time receptionist. Right. And if it's a garbage can, right? Can call the police. Yes. Can call the police. Take your guns away. You will be apprehended. They will take all your guns away. Prosecutor will have 30 days to evaluate. If you have a professional license, like you're a plumber or a doctor, you yep. will not be allowed to work. Mm. You will have to go see Evan Knappen and uh, give him a $10,000 or $5,000 retainer, <laughs> whatever it is. And you'll have to fight to get your civil rights back, your yeah. God-given rights. Yeah. So red flag laws are popping up across the country. And there's talk of red flag laws federally, and the NRA has been fighting red flag laws, and a few of the red flag laws that are proceeding, the NRA made sure to have their legal people have due process inserted into it, okay? Uh, so because there's a lot of misinformation from Bloomberg News and Trace and stuff that says the NRA is supporting red flag laws. Yeah, I heard that right from the horse's mouth with Chris Cox numerous times. The NRA does not support red flag laws. So everybody learn your position stances on that. Con national reciprocity. I said the NRA supported it and spent millions of dollars to forward it. And then Mitch McConnell had it sit on his desk for a year. Right. OK, the only friend we have in D.C. is Donald Trump. Yeah. He came here and spoke. I missed it. Mike Pence spoke. I missed it. Steve Scalise spoke. I missed it. Another one of my heroes, Candace Owens, she spoke. I missed it because I was out there kissing babies and shaking hands. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to shake babies and kiss hands, but then I found out it was you the You found opposite. out halfway through. That was the problem. About halfway through, somebody corrected me. <laughs> so they were asking me questions about that. They were asking me uh, questions about firearms confiscation and registration and training. You know, I'm totally against uh, training to possess a gun. I've told them that in New Jersey, I would take a training component to get a carry permit in a heartbeat if we win the Rogers case. Yeah. But every everybody handles that state to state. You know, Florida, you don't need any training uh Connecticut, you need an eight-hour NRA basic pistol course. So if a state has that and they're allowed to carry, they carry. And then, of course, people ask me, what's my stance on open carry versus concealed? I told them I personally conceal carry because I want the element of surprise. Yeah, right. Exactly. But if you live in Arizona and you have the option and you feel that that's what's best for you, enjoy your open carry. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, enjoy your open carry. But – like, let's – New York metropolitan area, if we win this Rogers case – by the way, the the Supreme Court, we should know if they grant cert within two weeks. Dan Schmutter is here. He came and voted for me as well. If the Supreme Court grants cert to our uh, Rogers case and it gets kicked back to New Jersey as a victory, New Jersey's going to add the training component to carry a gun. They're going to add so many things that we're going to have to resue. Yeah, right. Just like D.C. did, just like Illinois did. Uh, but so people asked me what my stance was on that. And then people were saying to me, I heard that you can't have hollow point bullets. I heard you can only buy one gun a month. I heard that you have to pay this. I heard. And I'm like, yeah, you heard right. And they're like, unbelievable. How do you live there? Yeah. And you, okay. We ask ourselves that question every day, but you have to Correct. fight in order to try to change it too. 
Correct. Correct. So it's a, it's a tough situation, but it was great to meet so many people. I don't know the final count. Uh, they'll announce it Monday at the board meeting. How many people attended the uh, the annual meeting yeah. last year? It was just about eighty thousand in uh, Dallas, Texas. So it'll be interesting to see how many people attended. But you know, it's like right now, it's the safest place in the United States to be yeah, in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, just so many true blue Americans of every size, shape, and color, okay? There's Asians, there's African-Americans, there's people walking around. I saw Sikh Indians walking around, husband and wife, kids. There's just such a, a diverse group now. I see it becoming more and more diverse every year that I come to annual meeting. Yeah. Next year, annual meeting, I think, is the second or third week in April, and it's in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, or Memphis, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, if you're interested in going, everybody, NRA website is NRAAM.com, NRAAnnualmeeting.com. And you better book your hotel room now. You better book your hotel room now. You can book it. If you go on the NRA Annual Meeting website, you'll see uh, housing. You click it because the NRA blocks out all the rooms. If you go on booking.com or hotel.com, sometimes you're not going to see them. Are you going to see rooms that are 27 miles away? Yeah. Okay, if you want a room that's close by, the, you're only, the only way you can do it is if you go to NRA Housing. Now, Jimmy, while he was here, while I was campaigning, he went and he went to the NRA Housing kiosk, uh, like he always does, and he set it up so that we can, uh, we can book our room. And he booked my room and his room. Now, my room is not needed anymore, so it's for rent if anybody wants it. <laughs> at, a, at a very high premium. Yeah, because next year I'll be staying at the host hotel. Now, I've said this and I've said it before. I am probably not going to run on petition next year. I'm going to hope that I get nominated. Now, if Scott Bach is going to jump on me and say you should jump, run on petition, and you should also run and hope that the nominating committee nominates you, but... I'm not sure I want to put all my, uh, you know, supporters and followers through that again. It's kind of a tedious process, but uh, I'll be considering it over the next few days when I'm involved in the board meetings and everything and see what everybody else's take is. But uh, so many other board members came here to support me and uh, help me out and volunteer their time and everything and give me some advice, you know, for the whole uh, campaigning for 76 directors. So I can't tell you how much gun people are the best people because you already know that already. Yeah. You've been you've been in this game with me for eight or nine or I know you for about eleven years, but we've been doing this for over eight years now, right? Yeah, yeah, well over, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, uh, it was good, and uh, of course, there's a lot of dissension. There's people out there that are angry with the NRA and they want to see change, and what's I their, can relate to that. What's their big you complaint? Do you, have they voiced? Uh, they want more transparency and. Uh, you know, uh, they feel that the NRA is not taking a hard enough stance. The biggest thing people were pissed off about that I heard was that the NRA giving in to bump stocks. Yeah. And the NRA's position that I heard right from Chris Cox last year at the annual meeting, he said it publicly, was that uh, President Trump was adamant about the bump stock thing because somebody got into his ear after the Las Vegas massacre. Yeah. And the NRA realizes their only true friend is Donald Trump. So it was low-hanging fruit. So they felt it was in the best interest long-term to give up the bump stocks to keep Trump in their corner. 
Yeah. I can understand that, and I can also understand the people and the emotions that didn't want their property seized. A lot of these people in 46 or so other states, they're not used to living like us. They're not used to having a law passed where shit's taken from them. Yeah, right. Retroactively. Retroactively. Yeah. We're used to We're that used to in that. New Jersey, yeah. New York, That's California. how it, it always happens that way. They just say, oh, yo, everything that you own, by the way, it's illegal. You have to destroy it, but it's illegal to destroy it. What a, great, what a great state. All right, well, we got to take a break, and uh, we'll be back in uh, about a minute and a half. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. Okay, we're back. Did we talk about Dr. Brian Adine already? Uh, Dr. John Adine and Dr. Johnny, Brian yeah, Tanz. Same thing. Yep. Dr. Brian Tanz is New York Smile. Doctors on the Doctors on the Brain here. 
<laughs> yes. NewYorkSmile.com, 210 East 68th Street, Suite 1E, New York, New York. Check out his website, NewYorkSmile.com. Go on uh, Facebook and uh, Yelp and Google and maybe give him a five-star review for putting his neck out there, being a pro-gun dentist in Manhattan. Uh, I want to talk a couple of things. You know, we're going to know in a few weeks about the Rogers case. The Magban case is proceeding in California. And uh, Evan Knappen has the Cal Calverton case. By the way, Evan Knappen and his son Teddy did not make the show. Uh, Evan's mom was diagnosed with uh, terminal brain cancer. Oh, jeez. And um, she's, uh, Knappen decided to stay home with the family and everything and support the mom. Yeah. And uh, the last case I don't want you guys to forget that we've been supporting since the beginning is the Cheeseman-Gillard case. And uh, they were both denied their carry permits, and they're fighting to try to get all of us to carry permits. So their their website is gofundme.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. Five dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars. Walter Haas, thousand dollars. He donated. Thank you so much because he wants me to get a reverse mohawk. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. Yes, I know. I can't imagine what it's going to look like, but I will do it because I'm a man of my word. They were both denied, and I would like to see them uh, get their cases through. J Factor obviously is helping them. The other thing, an old. OG friend of ours, Sandy, Maj Ture. Oh, goodness. He's running for city council in Philly. Are you serious? Nope. I'm serious. He will. uh, I'm making a donation to his campaign. Anybody else wants to check it out? His website is Maj, M-A-J, for Philly.com. Wow. That's going to shake things up. Let me tell you something. He's a good dude, and, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, got that street edge, but he's got an extreme high level of intelligence. Yeah, brilliant guy. And uh, so Maj is running for city council. If there's anything I can do for him, I am going to do it for him. And his website is majforphilly.com. I will be giving you updates as we proceed. Go onto his website. Check him out. He's a guy that can change the narrative. You know, he coined the phrase solutionary. He travels all over the country introducing inner city people. And he likes to call them monsters and thugs and gangsters and teaches safe firearms responsibility and bringing people. People, making them aware. Uh, I, I think he's a major, major fit for the cause. Yeah, absolutely. So I want you uh, all to support Maj, uh, even if you give him some words of encouragement and share his pages or whatever. I don't think it gets any better than that. Absolutely. No, all of our listeners in Philly, in the Philly area, it's a good time to join his campaign. Majforphilly.com. Help break those narratives. Get a young, energetic guy like him that doesn't take any shit and punches right back like I do. Oh, speaking of punches right back by, like I do, um, I got attacked uh, through uh, some articles written in Amoland. You know, a couple people are uh, doubting my sincerity for a board run. <laughs> Okay. And uh, so I punched back. One of them was called the Calandro Challenge. And I wrote back. And, you know, it pisses me off. So now Ruby and I are playing nice. 
for the common cause. And I got to deal with these guys, you know, at the national level and they like to publish stuff and everything. And, you know, my life and my second amendment commitment is pretty much an open book. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not mentioning their names, but one who ran previous for your board, he challenged me and wanted me to do some stuff. And basically I told him I'm not going to bend the knee and I'm from New Jersey and you really can't extort me. <laughs> yeah, we we grew okay. up. Like, well, we were five yeah. years old being extorted. So, yeah. so <laughs> you're 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 not going to extort me. You you can't be a lawyer and want to play thug, and uh, then another guy says that I was uh, compromised, and that's how I got uh, the nomination. So I was bought. Oh. Yeah, which which is really good. And then he basically said that, you know, he, he gets that I have to have the tough guy shtick, you know, but it doesn't really intimidate him or some shit like that. It Asshole, it's not shtick. It's what yeah, I do. I own much. a gun range in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. <laughs> it, I mean, it I own a gun range. It, it ain't shtick. <laughs> yeah, it's not shtick. I own a gun range in New Jersey. I have my and tell me that they're going to kill me because of the way I speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Uh, they're going to they're gonna kill me. So, uh, uh, anyway, again, we can't have... This is why we can't have nice things. That's right. <laughs> All right? That's right. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, they can do all they can say all the shit they want, but guess what? It ain't gonna play out because I don't really give a shit. And at the end of the day, I answer to the people that elected me, and I will do the right thing. I can't be bought. I am my own man. Okay, tough shit. You know what I mean? You know they they don't know where you came from. <laughs> Yeah, poor inner city with a gambleholic father with nothing to look forward to. I didn't start making money until I was in my 50s. And then I donate 25% of it back to charitable contributions and Second Amendment stuff and and donate my time. I don't, I don't, I don't have to pump myself up. This is my radio show. Anyway, if you're going to punch me, I'm going to punch you back. Yeah right. Exactly. I, I really, I really don't give a shit. I'm not going to turn the other cheek. That's not in my nature. Okay, it's not in my nature. So you know what? You can pout all you want because this didn't happen or that didn't happen. But at the end of the day, we need to show unity. All right, call me up and give me shit. You think by voicing your asshole opinion, it's gonna change my mind on anything? No, it's only gonna make my me dig my heels in even deeper and do what I think is right. Right. I've been I've been executive vice president for the state association for years. I was treasurer before that. I was a volunteer before that. I don't care. I don't care what you think, say, or do. I'm going to forge ahead and do what I want to do. No one bought me. No one compromised me. I didn't cut any side room deals. I've been working my ass off. When I was asked if I would take the 76 nomination, I said, yes. They said, well, if you're not offered it, will you rant about it? I said, yes. Yeah, right. 
All right, that's not a lie. So that's not compromising or buying me. Either way, I was going to do it. I've been bleeding NRA since 1986. I've been a life member since 1992. I'm a master training counselor. Uh, we run workshops. I donate my time, my range, my people. Jimmy goes to NRA headquarters to come up with new courses and critique their new courses. And we don't get paid for that, ladies and gentlemen. That's well, because it, it's the largest. Yeah. You have you run the largest privately held training organization in the world after the boy scouts of america which is in for hire yeah yes gun for hire purchased the most amount of nra training materials in the world right all right that doesn't happen by accident that doesn't happen by being a pushover or pussy right especially in new jersey this is new jersey a second amendment wasteland Yes. So I don't want to hear it. You know what? You could move to a state that's free and bitch. Come here and do my job. Right. <laughs> you really come here and do my job and then we'll talk. So anyway, uh, you know what? Those are the, these, these are all people with Internet muscles. Let's face it. Uh, yeah. well, right. You know. I was told that people were going to come and confront me. So I sent messages to those people of my location <laughs> Here and my I am. schedule. <laughs> it's like all those pussies. Remember all the death threats we got when we first started this show? Yes. <laughs> yes. From, from gun people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What so, a bunch of assholes. You, know, you, <laughs> you posted that you were going to confront me. I'm going to be here from 8 to 4, 8 to 6. And uh, eight to four at the bottom of the escalator outside room two hundred one at the uh, crossroads <laughs> crossings or whatever it was called. Uh, stop by and say hi. <laughs> no takers, I gather. No takers, only supporters. A lot of questions, which was good. And guess what? A lot of people approached me, were pissed off about the divisiveness. Well. I don't understand it. It's as if it was orchestrated by the Bloomberg group, you know? Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, if we were pl- if I was playing on that side, it's exactly what I would do. Right. It, exactly. So, people came up to me and said, I read the article in Ammo Land. I saw that Facebook post from that guy. I saw that Instagram post by that guy. Why are people like that? Why, why do we have to do that? Don't they realize the other side reads our stuff, too? I said, these are people that are bitter, and yeah. this is how they think they're going to make a change. Right? I guess. And then we wonder why we lose all the time. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The liberals and the left, we've talked about this on the show, they defend pedophiles and child molesters. Right. And they reelect them. Right. Hey, Pumpkin Head Menendez got reelected. Perfect example. For the betterment of their cause, for the big picture, yep, right. they will go on stage with a rapist. Right. And endorse the rapist. I will not do that. Look at Groping okay? Joe. Hey, Groping Joe is running for president now. Yes, Groping Joe. What happened to hashtag Me Too? Yeah, he's a douche. He's a douche. He's a douche. So, anyway, uh, so I don't care. Bring it on. Attack me. I am sure starting Monday on Ammo Land, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other stuff. But there's going to be a lot of other stuff, too. Look out for Calandro because he sold his soul for a board seat. Okay, we'll see. Let's And also, let's compare to rack records. What, is, what does that even mean? 
I mean, I who, who would you sell your soul to? I don't know. But whoever I sold my soul to, I got a shit deal because I had a stand for <laughs> yeah. 24 hours in three days. And maybe, print. maybe you should get a refund. Matt had a design. Matt had a design. And I spent $3,000 printing and shipping shit to the FedEx that Jimmy and I had to schlep over. And I don't know if you know it, but... 17,000 of one postcard, 2,000 of another postcard. Oh, that's a lot two of weight, big, baby. Two pig poster boards, 10,000 vote Calandro uh, stickers, 5,000 I voted buttons that Jimmy I had a schlep. Matt picked the FedEx that was closest to the convention center, so it was only six blocks away. That's great. And it was raining. Oh, well, at least you didn't have to go to the gym then. Okay? No, I did not have to go to the gym. So let me tell you a story about unions and, and everything. So we bring all this stuff upstairs, right, up the escalator. Right. And by that time, the chief of the politicking, the NRA hires an outside firm, like an auditing firm, to do the, the voting. He says, oh, yeah, politicking is all downstairs. So we had to bring everything downstairs. <laughs> So then they put the signs up, no electioneering behind this, behind this point. So we moved everything about 10 feet to the right. So we found the column. We put my two signs up on easels. We put everything else behind the column, like 15 boxes. And security and the electioneering guy comes and says, you can't have your signs on easels because it's a traffic hazard. But the 6,700 other signs on easels... <laughs> Throughout the whole convention center were not traffic hazards. Just yours. Just mine. <laughs> so we took – there was a Wi-Fi sign above the column. Jimmy took two lanyards, punched holes, and we hung my Colangelo for NRA from the Wi-Fi sign. And we were told it was a fire hazard. <laughs> So oh, what I did no, was I stood there. This with could the be the Javits Center, man. Okay. <laughs> so I had it leaning on me. So now this was Thursday, the first day. So now what we do is we stacked everything up nice and neat. And we put it behind a column. And we left for the day. So the next day, Jimmy was out late. So I told Jimmy, listen, I'm going to get there 7 in the morning, get all my shit set up. I'm not going to be on uh, Cam and Company until 9.30 in the morning, so I don't need you there until 9.15, so sleep in. You know, you've been breaking your ass. I get there 7 o'clock in the morning, all my stuff's gone. No way. All my stuff's gone. <laughs> Everything. Where, where did it go? It's all gone. So, maintenance guy walks by. I said, I had my stuff here last night. Oh, anything left out on the floor, we throw out. Oh, my God. So, how do you think I feel right now? <laughs> Oh my! So God. I said to the maintenance guy, I said, did you work last night? He goes, yeah, get off at 8 o'clock. I said, do you know who took my stuff? He goes, I have no idea. I put a $50 bill in his hand. I said, can you see if we can find my stuff in the garbage? He said, I'll see what I can do. Ten minutes later, he comes by with one of those four-wheel carts with all my stuff on it. Oh, my God. He, he knew where it was. Yeah. Because when I was looking for the stuff, he was lurking. Oh, Do you understand? Yeah. He was waiting for me to come. He was waiting for me to see my panic face. So anyway, it cost me fifty dollars for storage that night. So, the, so Indianapolis, what? the people in Indianapolis yes. got 
Must have been they trained were. right here in Jersey. <laughs> a lot of people I talk to moved from New Jersey to Indianapolis, especially Central and South Jersey. Yeah. So oh, listen, yeah. Right. So thank God for Greg Infanti. Greg Infanti lives in northern New Jersey. He makes ultrasonic dip tanks. He's right. got a booth at the NRA show and the SHOT show every year. So it's, towards the end of that night, Jimmy went to him and talked to him. So we schlepped all of our stuff and we put it in his booth. Right? Right. So we put all the stuff in his booth so it wouldn't be stolen. So now that was Friday morning. My stuff was gone. I got it back. So now Saturday morning, the last day, that was yesterday morning, I go to get in. The show doesn't open until 9 o'clock in the morning. I don't have a vendor badge. It cost me $20 tax to get, to get into the show. So I only paid $20 for the second night story, <laughs> which was a bargain. Oh, my God. But the best part about it was the Indiana Convention Center, are sponsored by Glock and GES, they had uh, like a buffet breakfast set up, like a, like a Danish and coffee and stuff. So I got my stuff, and I got coffee, and I got a couple of cinnamon Danish for 20 bucks. <laughs> I don't think that's too bad. No, it's really not too bad. Right? Well, all all considering, bad. it's probably yeah. it's really not yeah. too bad. So, because they, hell, hell, she let me in early for that 20 spot. Uh, when I took, when I went back, I left the two big posters uh, on the phone core for last because I knew I was going to stop. I gobbled two cinnamon Danish. I poured myself a cup of coffee. I took a bottle of water and off I went. And nobody, and nobody said a word. And I went back out and I set everything up. And then all friends and volunteers started showing up around quarter to eight, and the sh we hit the road again. So, uh, so yeah, I sold my soul and compromised myself. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a refund. <laughs> By the way, I flew out here on my own dime. I paid for my whole hotel. I paid for Jimmy's hotel. I paid for our flight back and forth together. I paid for all our meals. The NRA didn't pay for one thing. Yes, yeah, right, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you got bought and paid for, but... I know. Well, I made promises that I'm going to, I guess, vote oh. a certain way oh, and I do see. certain things for the next 57 years or some shit. You? <laughs> yeah. All right. On well, that these, note. Are, these are people <laughs> with no morals or integrity. And right. They, 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 they do that. Right, exactly. So they project that across the And they're, they're pissed off that they aren't getting a chance to do that. Correct. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience and makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. 
When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, Building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Okay, we're back. All right, so don't forget, uh, Bob Ramo, Shooter's Gauntlet. Yep. Uh, he's our guy, and he supported my board run, too, and he pitched it out to everybody. His website is shootersgauntlet.com. Dot com. He's having a machine gun shoot this year. Now, this weekend, Jimmy's running another one of his long-range shoots, and Tactici is taking that long-range shoot. Oh, great. Yeah, she's, she's going to be there with him. That's Urban Precision um, Rifle. Is that and, the 1,500-yard uh, <clears throat> thing? or 1,500 yards, wow. yes. Not, yeah, not, for me. not for either of us, huh? No, not for me. Too yeah. much math. Yeah. So support Shooter's Gauntlet. The other thing is, don't forget, U.S. Law Shield. We host U.S. Law Shield seminars every two months at Berkeley College around the corner from Gun for Hire. If you mention Gun for Hire Radio, you get a discount. Uh, U.S. Law Shield's here. They have a booth. They're good people. Evan Knappen is the lead attorney for U.S. Law Shield in the state of New Jersey, so it can't be all that bad. All right? Uh, the other thing is this week, last week, I was on Cam and Company, Dana Lesh, and Grant Stinchfield. I was on three shows in two days. Oh. I was on three shows in two days. Why? Because Governor Murphy, Free Stuff, has readdressed raising all the permitting and licensing fees over ten, ten times. Yeah, right, right. So it's he, he you know, because it's what it's going to do is it's going to it's going to generate about two and a half million dollars, and it's going to put a dent in the one billion dollar yeah. budget shortfall oh, yeah, that he's going to announce June first. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. He needs to get what I don't understand this clown. Actually, if you were to uh, start handing out uh, carry permits and charged a hundred bucks for it, you'd have a lot more money than just a million dollars or whatever it is. Correct. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was I'm trying to find it right now. Oh, I have a letter uh, from Mike O. He wrote, Anthony, a few years ago, you mentioned the God and Guns podcast. That's our friends, Doug, down that we meet down in Atlanta at the yeah. show all the time. Yep. And I have been listening to them ever since. Doug and Troy 
had a guest on the recent show that is a 24-year-old sexual assault survivor. She grew up with guns but was unable to keep a gun on her college campus. She now speaks for 2A Rights for Women and tells a powerful story about her assault. Her name is Savannah Lindquist. I think uh, she would make a great guest on your show and it would help get her message out. Well, Savannah and I both testified in D.C., uh, with Steve uh, Scalise and everybody back yeah. then, and Liz Cheney. And Savannah is at the NRA uh, annual meetings, and she was hanging out with me. And when Sandy gets his uh, schedule up, uh, Mike, when we get back to a normal schedule, I will have Savannah on the radio show. The other thing Mike said was, for your information, I registered for the protective pen, pen class. My daughter and a friend will be taking it. They are high school seniors that will be attending college in September. Boy, you're smart because you really want to take that class. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I, I wanted to talk about learning this week, and a couple of things hit me. So every year I go to an annual meeting. And this year it's in Illinois. Last year it was in Dallas. The year before it was, I don't know, Memphis or Nashville or St. Louis, Missouri, all over the place. Every major city, we have mental health people walking around, mentally deranged. We have homeless people. We have miscreants walking the street. We have people sleeping at bus stops. It's It amazes me that in our country... The left is fighting so hard to bring millions of illegals in, and we send trillions of dollars overseas, and we have our seniors, our veterans, our homeless, and people with mental incapacity problems that we don't take care of. Well, you know, this started, and it's kind of interesting how you bring this up because the left was responsible for the deinstitutionalization of people... Uh, with mental disorders back in the 1970s. And, and now you're seeing, well, you have since the 1970s. W once you, once these folks don't take their meds and they're out there, you know, it is very difficult for a schizophrenic to rationalize uh, if they're not on the proper medications and they're not being treated. And to, it, it was, it, it is consistent that the left creates the problem and then goes and tries to solve it or creates the problem, then turns their back and walks away from it. Correct. Correct. So now every day, except one day when it was pouring, I walked to the convention center, which is about six blocks away. And there were nights, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I, you know, walked back. And uh, so it made me think about some safety tips. And uh, since I still don't have all of my paperwork finished from what happened to me many years ago, so I have a knife on me and I have my protective pen on me. But So when, when you're walking through cities, you should not be texting on your phone. You know, uh, you should be in condition yellow. Your head should be on a swivel. You should be listening to noises behind you, making sure no one's coming up behind you. You know, this is a far neighborhood for me. I make a right instead of a left. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I might end up on Skid Row. I might walk and be surrounded by 27 junkies. Right. I don't know the areas. So you got to think about it. Number one, if possible, you should travel in groups, at least a minimum of two people. A solo person is an easier target to pick off if you get approached by two or three people, right? Right. Or even one-on-one -on -one if they're going to overpower you, physically overpower you, especially if you're a female. 
But a couple of things you should do is research your destination. You know, familiarize yourself with the city. Now, when we checked into the hotel on Wednesday, I asked the guy behind the desk uh, for roughly directions on which way to go where. And then I said, is there any areas I should stay out of? And he said, no, all the downtown is the same. I'm like, oh, great, because I see people sleeping on the streets. People, every, Everybody, like Jimmy says, isn't it amazing? Like everybody has their own corner. We're here five days now, and the same guys on the same bench five nights in a row. Yeah. And the same guys playing the drums on a spackle bucket five days in a row. Like, imagine if somebody else encroached on the, you know, talk about territorial. Yeah, right? exactly, right. Right? So I just wanted to know what was going on. And, you know, I used public transportation in the rain. I actually used an Uber instead of a cab because I request an Uber XL because I am six, six foot two, 245 pounds. And if the guy pulls up with a Kia, yeah, you know, and he's six foot three, <laughs> yeah, and right. me and Jimmy are supposed to sit behind him. It's not happening, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So find out the transportation. Like where we are now, the hotels run shuttles to the convention center. They're color coded, you know, and and there's a schedule. Now what I do is like when I check into a hotel, I told you I take a picture of my room key number, what they write on that little paper. Yeah. Well, I just for the hell of it, I took a picture of the bus schedule. I never used it, but I took a picture of it. Yeah. So I knew, like, if I was coming out of the convention center at 5.15, I'm like, oh, the orange bus is stopping at 5.30, and it's going to take me right to the Sheridan. Uh, the other thing is you should travel light when you're when – you're, well, I have my sling bag that I carry, right? But you shouldn't be carrying a lot of stuff. Your hands are full. You get fatigued. You let your guard down. Yeah. And, again, if you're at a convention, you really shouldn't be carrying your Louis Vuitton and wearing your 17-carat engagement ring or whatever else it may be. Do you really need to set yourself up to be a mark? Right. It's probably not a good idea, too. You know how we always take our badges off and, and, and take them out, you know, as soon as we leave the convention, take our badges off so we, you're not marking ourselves as a target, wandering, you, hey, you I'm from out of town. Man, you hit the nail right on the head. The second I step out of convention center, I take my badge off, any NRA stickers or anything, and I put them all in my sling bag. Yeah. I light a small cigar, and I take a walk like I belong there. Yeah. That's very important, all right? Make sure your belongings are secured. You know, anything out of your front pocket, your purse isn't uh, open as you're walking on your side. No wallets in your back pockets or money in your back pockets. It should be in the front pockets. If you have a defensive tool, whether it's a flashlight, I have a, a Phoenix flashlight here. I'm going out at Sunday night. I'll be carrying it with me. If you have a flashlight or you have a pen or you have a knife, make sure it's accessible. Make sure your clothes are comfortable. You know, when you're in a foreign city, vanity should come second. Safety should come first. Right. All right? The other thing is you should be discreet when you're handling your money or your credit cards. Don't whip out the old big uh, bankroll, you know, that's 80 singles and 220s because you want to try to impress the ladies. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, when you're at the bar. <laughs> right. You know, you know. I told you, I carry a small amount of cash with my credit cards in the middle, and I use a, a hair scrunchie or a hair thing that, you know, rubber things. I get them in CVS. That's pretty much my wallet, okay? But I keep my most used credit card on the outside of all the credit cards. I can reach in my pocket and feel it. I can just pull out that credit card. Right. So, because you don't want to flash money, because if you don't think somebody's watching, man, are you wrong? Yeah. Hey, you think that that is a Jersey only thing? You know the uh, the, the big bankroll. Yeah, the big bankroll. I think that's a New York metropolitan thing. Yeah. For you people out of the New York metropolitan area, you take about forty singles, a couple of fives, one ten, and maybe one twenty, 
with the 20 on the outside and you put a rubber band around it. Yeah. <laughs> and this way, when you take somebody out, you pull this big knot out of your pocket. <laughs> That's true. Right? <clears throat> That's got Guido written all over it, doesn't it? <laughs> you, you, you pull that big knot out of your pocket and uh, you look like uh, you're the king. Yeah, Diamond Jim Brady. Okay? Yeah. Google it. I, yeah, I, I wear, I'm on my feet all day, so I'm wearing like a comfortable shoe. It's almost like a sneaker shoe. I yeah. can move better in that. All right. Uh, you know, you also got to anticipate uh, crowds. You should also, like Jimmy and I, uh, we always say if we get separated, I'm like, Jim, if, if we ever get separated, I'm going to end up here. It's usually someplace with an overhang where I can smoke a cigar. Yeah. All right. But like we kind of know. And like today, after I finished, uh, yesterday, after I finished politicking, I was standing outside smoking a cigar and I looked to my left and Jimmy just popped up between the doors and he's like, what's going on, babe? What are you, do? you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, well, I was going to head back. Okay. I'll head back too. like, we just kind of know. Yeah. Like it's an unspoken thing, but I'll be like, Jim, this is our spot and we'll always end up there. Right. You know, the other thing is you're as a doctor is you always talk about sanitizing. Can you give us some tips about bathrooms and opening the doors and touching stuff in the bathrooms, doctor? Oh, yeah. Well, you all, I mean, you always really want to just assume that nobody washes their hands, which they don't. Mm -hmm. um, I, you, you always use a paper towel to open up the door on the way out of the, mm -hmm. of the bathroom. What if they don't have paper towels? What if they have that Dyson thing that blows two pays off? <laughs> <laughs> well, I used that to, to uh, dry my socks, actually. Uh, that <laughs> it's a good sock dryer. You stand dryer. barefoot, barefoot in the bathroom. In the, in the public yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> what could happen? What what germs would you find there? You know what I love as a man? I love when I'm walking out of the restroom and somebody's walking in. I don't even have to touch the door. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know what I'm talking That's about? That's right. Isn't that like hitting the lottery? <laughs> it absolutely you is. Just, you just step on the door <laughs> or you push it with your shoulder and you continue to walk out. To me, there's like no better feeling. <laughs> You know what? Do, what do a warm toilet seat and a prostitute have in common? I don't know if I want to ask. Go ahead. They both feel good, but you'll wonder who was there before you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should have given a child alert for that one, right? I'm sorry, but again, condition yellow. Walk around. Be alert. Be aware. I can't stress this enough. Know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going and there's people walking near you, make believe you know where you're going. Yeah, right. Okay? Somebody asked you for change. Sorry, uh, I don't have any money. I, have, I use apps. Anybody asked you for a cigarette, I don't smoke. But you're smoking a cigarette now. I grubbed it. Keep And just keep walking because it's better sometimes to just not open that line of confrontation. I'm guilty of that sometimes. Yeah. I'll tell people something selective and colorful. And it tends it tends to escalate the situation. Yeah, right. Where I probably just have kept my head down. Yeah, I've been there but in those situations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So don't forget, make sure you travel. Bring enough of whatever pills you're taking. If your flight gets delayed, you can Absolutely. always end up getting stuck. And don't check them in your bags. Don't check don't, them. And don't even I put them in your carry-on. Carry I wouldn't even put them in your carry-on. You put them in your pocket. Put them in your jacket pocket. Put them somewhere oh, on well, your see, person. I have these little containers that I bought on Amazon yeah. and I lay out and they're all labeled Monday, Tuesday, they're separates because right. I can put it in my pocket because I take my vitamins and supplements during the course of the day. And my, but my carry on is my shoulder bag. It sits on my seat with me. See, that's different. I think, and me, I still won't do it because, you know, I have to take certain medications that I, if I don't take them, I, I, I wake up dead. 
And uh, yes. So those things I always carry on my person, you know, and I, gotcha. I, I buy those little things at the CVS, you know, the little Ziploc bags and, mm-hmm. I, and I, and I break them out for at least, and I always carry a minimum of three days with me. Sorry about that. Uh, so, what do you uh, what do you got going on at Gun for Hire Academy this week? Uh, well, I'm the jackass that got elected board of directors has been trying to do it for six years. That guy? Oh, yeah. That's me. Uh, what do I got? We got holster draw April 26th and May 31st. Learn from the pros. We have urban pistol one, urban pistol two, urban carbine one, urban carbine two. We have urban shotgun one. The next precision rifle class that has openings is September 21st and 22nd. This is a class you don't want to miss. A Tenzia pen and knife combo. Absolutely. June 1st yeah. at Woodland Park Range. Great, great, great uh, course. I'm telling you, take this course. And then May 19th, we're running an RSO class for women only for the SAW group. Cool. It's on the SAW website. Again, I want to thank everybody for voting me in I am extremely humbled that I got this and I'm going to do my best to make you proud and if I don't I'm not going to do it okay even though you've been I'm bought gonna, even though I've been, yeah, I've been bought <laughs> I've been bought yes well uh, looks like the clock on the wall says it all you've wasted yet another perfect good hour listening to Gun Fire Radio Gun Fire Radio is a good. community production <laughs> music music podcast is by like gospel music New York New York on behalf of Mr. 76 uh, well, we do thank you so much for listening uh, tune in next week and hear an NRA board member uh, who thank you sits across <laughs> who sits across the table from me have a safe trip back Aunt. We love you guys out there. Thank you for all you did for uh, Anthony's election. And for those of you who want any special favors done with the NRA, remember that the bribes start at $1,000 increments. You can contact us at uh, Gun For Hire Radio. Don't forget, put the money in envelopes. I want small bills, 20s and less. 20s and less. Yes. All right, we love you guys. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.